God brings supernatural people into your life to help you, strengthen you, equip you all throughout the Bible. There weren't people doing things alone. Joshua and Caleb, Moses and Aaron, and Paul and Silas. People got together to accomplish the will of God and they were not related. So God brings people into your life for supernatural purposes and we looked at all the reasons why he does that. And if you don't have any friends, we looked at what you can do to actually acquire or get some of these people in your life. The Bible says that he who has friends must show himself to be friendly. In other words, your friendship level or the people in your friends, uh, whether you have them or you don't, it's not an accident. You can actually do things to increase the friend capacity in your life. Uh, so we're going to move though. Today we're going to talk about the old ball and chain. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about marriage. The, the old friendship killer, career killer, financial killer, spontaneity killer, adventure killer, good sex killer. Oh, the old ball and chain, which is marriage. Man, you, you walk down the aisle. Here comes your bride and, and you're going to lose all your freedom the moment you say, I do. Everything you've enjoyed in life up until that point. The adventure and the, the, the freedom to make your own choices. They're going to wrap that chain. Look at my ball and chain here. They're going to wrap that chain around your wrist. And you're going to begin to drag dead weight. Everywhere you go, you're just like, come on, dead weight spouse. You're, you're horrible. You're ruining my life. 30 years of this, and I've got 30 to go. My God, you're just, oh, this is the worst decision I ever made in my life. That's what we get to talk about today. Now, I obviously don't feel that way. I know some of you are wondering and you're quite frightened at this moment. You, you thought, I'm glad you waited till your wife walked out the door before you started speaking in such a way because she wouldn't take kindly. Listen, I don't feel that way, uh, but the reality is I've enjoyed the past uh, couple of days uh, getting ready for today uh, because I, I began to look at uh, if you Google and start looking about why to get married or why not to get married, there are lists and lists and lists now encouraging people do not get married. And there's a list of reasons why you should not even consider marriage. And uh, those things that I just spoke of were actually uh, one list. And I'm going to read you a couple of these lists. Because we will, over the next week or two, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of marriage. How to have a good marriage, communicate, and do all those types of things. But, but we're living in a time in society where the majority of people don't even think that it's necessary. That they don't even think that it's relevant, that it's a, that it's a, a relevant, that it's an old fogey, a past tradition, that it's that it really doesn't matter. You know, this is ten reasons. Uh, this is a, a a website called Ask Men, which is kind of like a men's health, and uh, they put out top ten reasons why you should not get married. Y'all want to hear what they are? Yeah, they're funny. Women, you won't like some of these. This is a man telling all the other men of our world, of our generation, this is why you do not want to get married. Number 10 is, is because she's going to let herself go. 
In other words, once, once you marry her, she's just going to let herself go. Listen, if any of these apply to your wife, I wouldn't make a move if I was you, cuz. Or they're going to carry you out in a body bag. You just, listen, this is what you do. Just shake your head like that. Not me. Number nine, there'll be no more variety. No more gym hookups or uh, flings in the office. One night stands, there'll be no more variety in your sex life. They're expensive. You don't want to get married, man. Wives are expensive. Number, number six is it's just a piece of paper. You don't need to get married. It's just a piece of paper. It doesn't mean anything. It only, it only means something to the church. There's no reason in, in men getting married anymore. Number, number, number five is the end of spontaneity. No more spontaneous things, no more fun, no more, no more action. The next one is, is half of your time will be spent doing what she wants to do. Isn't that hilarious? Don't get married, bro. Half of your time, time's limited, buddy. You only got so much time and she's going to take half of it. Don't get married. The next one, it'll be end of sex. Step on holidays and birthdays and then it will be boring. Is this too much for Sunday morning? Surely not. The next one is num number, uh, number uh, three. You're going to get divorced anyway. Statistically, you're more likely to get divorced. From 1945 to 1975, divorce has gone up 300%. 15% of people that are married now are married to people that have been divorced three or more times. You're talking about multiple, multiple, multiple divorce. And we're raising a generation or have a generation of teenagers and young people and millennials who have been ravaged by divorce in one-parent homes. So they're growing up with these type of ideals that what does it matter? It's just a piece of paper. You're going to lose your rights. It's not going to be fun. It's, it's unnecessary. And you're going to wind up getting divorced anyway. So why even fool with it? The second reason is it's too safe. There'll be no more adventure. You can't go to Vegas. You can't do what you want to do. They're, they're, you, it's just going to be boring. The number one reason, men, why you don't want to get married is because it's forever. You don't want to do anything that's forever. That's, that's, that's not going to work. Now, this is a, uh, like a cosmopolitan type of survey that, that is, you would say, well, that's not a credible source. Well, I brought one from the Pew Research, which is more credible, and they did many, many, many studies on uh, why people, and the Huffington Post, they came out with their own 10, why people should not get married. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is before we get into the nuts and bolts of marriage, uh, I feel like that we should defend it. And this morning, I want to give you six reasons why God created it. And uh, I want to debunk all of these things because whether you're sitting there and you've been married 40 years and you understand the, 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 the wonderfulness of it and why it was there, you're sitting amongst young people who are bombarded with stuff like this all the time and they're on the fence as to why it's even necessary. I didn't see it work for half of my family. My aunts, my uncles, my own parents, I never saw it work. What's it all about? What's the point of it? Is it even of God? Is it even from God? What, what, what's the deal with it? This one, the Huffington Post, they came out with their 10 reasons. And they put there, say, here are 10 valid reasons to remain unhitched. 
because you will actually be better off financially, mentally, and physically. This is nationally syndicated. This is not written to teenagers. This is actually written to grown men. So these are some valid reasons why you should not get married. Number one is uh, you're in good company. In other words, not many people are getting married anyway. Right now, in America, we have the lowest marriage rate as any other time in the history of our country. Fewer people married in 2015 than has ever been in the history of our country. Now think about this, because God created Adam. He created him perfect, and, the, and he put him in a utopia. He put him in the garden of Eden and he told Adam he gave him a job he said Adam I need you to name all the animals and I've given you the seed and the herb bearing plants to use I've given you every resource you could possibly need he said the gold of Orpha is where that river splits he told him where the gold is he's financially set he's got a job things are going good but God says listen you're still incomplete you need a companion you need a helper you need some estrogen in your life so God took one man, Adam, Mr. Testosterone, and he thinks a certain way and he acts a certain way, but he still was thrown off. All the women say amen. Said there's still something not quite there. So he puts Adam to sleep, takes a rib out, and comes with the other part. And he says, now man, male, and female, they come together. They become one. And they're created in the image of God. God instituted marriage. He created marriage. He put them in this garden. Right? And that was uh, the, the picture of perfection. We're further away now from perfection than we've ever been in the history of our nation. If that's perfection, you could say it like this. We're further away from God than we've ever been in the history of our nation. Which is a sobering thought because you could look at the economy or the price of gas and you could think, hey, we're doing pretty good. Well, if that's perfection and we're as far away as we've ever been, then, then you would have to see that we're not doing as well as you would think that we are. Number two, the reason why it's a valid reason here, there's no advantages to being married. Single people don't feel that there's any advantages. They don't have fulfilling sex lives. They don't have financial security. They don't have happiness. They don't have social status. Getting hitched will hinder one's chance of getting ahead in one's career. Number three, for men, being married can be connected to being overweight. These are hilarious. These are valid reasons. Hey, man, you don't want to get hitched. You might get fat. It's a tired cliche that women will let themselves go. Here you go, women. But actually, statistically, men become more overweight than women once they get married. So now you can throw that in his face if he ever brings it up. Say, listen here, chubby. I don't want to hear it, tubbo. Thank me later. Number four, the reason why you don't get, won't get, get married is there's a slew of financial problems. People are finding that there's more, that there's tax benefits and that if, if one of you dies, then it's better off if you just don't get married, you just cohabitate. Actually, getting married can cause a single parent to lose their financial aid. That's the reason. Don't get married because you could lose your financial aid. Number five, marriage is an outdated institution. And people don't want to fit into that mold. 
says it's an outdated institution of child rearing. It defines confinement and, and, and relationship and love. One 77-year-old lesbian said, I don't want to get married because I will lose my lifelong edgy streak. I thought, I don't think you've got to worry about that. I think you're, you think you're going to be edgy enough. But she says, well, I don't want to fit into that mold. Number six, get, uh, getting married puts your friends at risk. Many people sense strains in their friendships that, that people tend to lose at least one close friend if they get married. Valid reason for you not to get married is because you might lose one close friend. So I wouldn't do it. Number seven, marriage can lead to the risky habit of relying on an individual for everything. If you get married, you're going to look to people for companionship, intimacy, caring, friendship, advice, and sharing the task of finances. And this creates an unrealistic cultural fantasy. In other words, you don't want to be having to be dependent upon someone else for companionship. Number eight, these days a happy marriage will require serious commitment of time and energy, and that is hard to maintain. You don't want to get married. You have to spend time and energy over the long haul. You can't maintain that. Number nine, as dim as it sounds, marriages, they end up in divorce anyway. There it is again. Might as well not get married because you're going to end up in divorces and divorces can be tricky and expenses the last reason why you should never get married there's a good alternative to marriage it's called a civil union or a domestic partnership so now this is the world giving you an alternative they're saying listen rather than get married it says ultimately you get the same benefits of traditional marriage but you get to actually enjoy them without getting married and you don't have to conform to a patriarchal system 10 reasons here why this supposedly respected column says that you and I we should not get married so I want to look at I want to defend marriage this morning I want to give you six reasons why it's necessary why we need it and uh, who created it how many of y'all know God created marriage Man didn't come up with it. It wasn't his idea. No man wrote it into the Constitution. No man. How many of y'all know God came up with sex? He did. It was his idea. Thank you, Jesus. Right? He's the one that came up with this. Right? He takes man and uh, he puts him asleep. He, he takes the rib out and makes woman. And then uh, Adam wakes up to a lady. How you doing? Want to go get some mangoes? <laughs> and she says, you stink. <laughs> and, you know, from there, he says, well, you know, I've got some uh, patchouli that I could rub on. <laughs> they didn't have deodorant back then. So he starts doing his thing like, hey, some, I could put some fresh pine bristles. <laughs> I can freshen up here a little bit. And God gives them commandment. He says, now be fruitful and multiply. The first commandment God gives in the Bible is to have sex. And everybody should thank Jesus. I mean, amen to that. He says, your first assignment is to be fruitful, multiply, populate the earth, take dominion and subdue it. 
first thing that God tells him to do. So, so God instituted, he created marriage. And uh, we live in a time right now where marriage is dismissed as irrelevant. It's an archaic holdover. It's demeaned. It's as a career buster. You don't want to get married. It's a career buster. It's delayed. I watched a couple this week. They were being interviewed on TV. They were some movie stars, and they were doing a romantic comedy. And they said, how old should you get married? And the girl, she popped up. She says, 40. By the time you're 40, you figured out what you want to be in life. And I'm thinking, man, and right now that people are delaying marriage, that people are getting later now than they've ever been married before. It's redefined. It's ridiculed. It's denounced. It's discard, uh, discouraged. And it's disrespected. Even some Christians fall into this trap. The problem is most people don't understand just the basics of what marriage is, where it came from, and why we need it. So I'm going to give you six reasons why God created marriage the first reason why he created marriage is for uh for for men and women for for their unity or for their completion if you've got a worship god there you can write for the connection of men and women we see way back in the garden god takes man and he says man you're you need a companion you need a helper you need somebody else. Now, let me, let me speak to the single people because some of, we have a lot of single people in our church and I'm sure some of you are just like, oh my God, oh my God, will he ever shut up? Listen, I get it. And uh, you're going to have to bear with me though uh, because I want to give you two scriptures real quick. First one is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He says, we're all given different gifts. God gives some the gift of marriage. And to some others, he gives the gift of singleness. Very interesting scripture here. Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He says to all of you Corinthians. He says to some people, they're given the gift of marriage. Some people are given the gift of singleness or the gift of celibacy. Paul never got married. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He did three missionary journeys. And outside of Jesus Christ, he's the most influential person to ever walk on this planet. Uh, nobody can even touch the Apostle Paul and he did it all as a single man and he said I consider myself basically I'm married to the church I'm married to Jesus I don't want the distraction of kids or the distractions of a wife but he says if you can't control yourselves he says you need to get married because some people have the gift of marriage and some people have the gift of singleness now how do you know if you have the gift of singleness because some of you are here like well I'm single Maybe that's why I keep attracting knuckleheads. Maybe, maybe I have the gift of singleness. Listen, the gift of singleness is, is, is if, you, if, you, if you desire, if you want to be married, have kids, if you, if you don't want to be single, you don't have the gift of singleness. How's that, does that help anybody here? So if you're wondering, you say, well, I don't know, maybe I have the gift of singleness. Listen, if you're a man and a woman walks by and uh, you find her uh, appealing and you say, hello, I like thee. And uh, you, you are already starting to like, well, I would very much like to date her and possibly bear her children. If, uh, 
if that's you, you don't have the gift of singleness, right? God's not going to give you that gift. A person that's celibate, that takes a vow of celibacy, they believe, I don't have any desire for the opposite sex. I want to give my life to the call of God and to serving Jesus with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, and, and that's really what the gift of singleness is. So whether you're here, you're single, you're divorced, married, never been married, whatever is going on with you, uh, we're going to be talking about defending marriage because even as a single person here, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, it's says marriage should be honored by everyone I'm going to read that again marriage should be honored by everyone so if you're single here you still should honor marriage if you've been divorced five times and you're not happy with the how the one this one's turning out right now you should still honor marriage why should you honor it because it's the first institution that God established before any other institution on this planet he established a man and a woman a husband and a wife he established that and he established it for several different reasons and I want to look at some of those reasons the first one being for the the connection of men and women. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 11 it says, "In God's plan, men and women need each other. In God's plan, men and women, they need each other." The Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 it says, "It's not good for a man to be alone." So he says, "I'm going to make a helper, a command a companion who is right for him you're going to have a lot of companions in this life but there's nothing like the companionship of a husband and a wife and how many of y'all know we're real different how many of y'all know testosterone is different than estrogen men like to uh, like to grunt <clears throat> kind of like apes you know and women like to talk a bunch typically and not all the time there are some guys that are like chatty Cathy right but typically, men are totally different, wired, and they're, they're different. But whenever they come together, something supernatural, something amazing happens. Mark chapter 10, verse 6 through 9, Jesus said, God's plan has been seen from the beginning of creation. When he made us male and female. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. The two are united as one body. Now since they are no longer two but one, one should, no one should separate them. For God has joined them together. Three things I want you to see out of that one passage of scripture. Number one is marriage is God's plan. Nobody came up with it but God. Number two, it says marriage is between a man and a woman. I mean, I know we live in time. Right now, the Supreme Court is, is they're deliberating on how they're going to, how they're going to uh, go forward with the rest of our nation. Redefining marriage, civil unions, all this. Listen, scripturally, you just read it. God's plan has been seen from the beginning of creation. Now, you can relabel it. You can rechange it. You can, in your mind or in legislature, try to do a lot of other things. But God's plan's pretty clear. Between a man and a woman, number three, it's to be permanent. Marriage, he says, no one should separate it. It should be permanent. He says, well, there are scriptures and there are things. Yeah, there are, there are situations where there's grounds for divorce and all that kind of stuff. But we're talking about in the Garden of Eden. I mean, I know the Garden of Eden, his original plan was for one man, one woman, be fruitful, work together, live together, enjoy life together, and throughout your life, don't... Uh, 
go backwards, go forwards. And I will say this concerning the list that I read about you about spontaneity and adventure and communication. There are, those are really the reasons or valid reasons why many people do wind up that the marriages don't do well is because they do lose some adventure. They do get too busy to spend time with each other and they do put other things in front of, in front of their marriage and it winds out not being good. But that wasn't God's original plan. If you do it God's way, you'll be fine. The second reason why God created marriage is for the multiplication of the, of the human race. Every person that's in heaven right now, billions and billions and billions of people that are in heaven right now are up there because somebody got together and made a baby. Would we all agree? But God's original plan was for through marriage to populate heaven and earth. That was God's original plan. Now there are marriages, uh, babies out of wedlock and all that. And everybody, you know, I'm not raining on anybody's parade, all that. But we're talking about God's original plan. The reason he created marriage is he said, I want you to multiply, which is fascinating. Come on, this is, this is fascinating. God created one. He didn't create millions or billions of people. How many of y'all think he could have? Come on, he created billions of stars. He could have created billions of people. He could have just said, and little people just popped up everywhere. I mean, just people everywhere, just Chinese. And there's just like growing little sprouts of, of Vietnamese and Asians. He didn't do that. Why? He created man in his image. He said, I am a creator. In seven days, I fashioned and formed the earth and the mountains and the stars and the birds and the fishes. And I created you out of the dust of the ground. And then I took your rib and I created you a helpmate. And now because you're in my image, you're in my likeness, I want you to come together. And now you're going to co-create with you my kids. Every person that comes through your womb is my child and you with me me we created it we create the human race together God's given us the responsibility to birth his kids we're his surrogates we don't always see it like that we think well it's just a light thing no God the reason he, well, the, the second reason why God created marriage was for kids Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 it says so God created the people in his own image he patterned them after himself he created both male and female and female and then God blessed them he commanded them be fruitful and multiply Malachi chapter 2 verse 15 it says God not you made marriage his spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage and what does he want from marriage? Here's the answer. Godly children from your union. Second reason why God made marriage is so that you would populate, have, make soldiers for Jesus. So guard the spirit of marriage within you. Every one of us is here because of a couple Getting together. The third reason why God created marriage is for the protection of those children. Every person that's born on this planet, every one of them is born helpless. Have you ever seen a baby before? You know, we just recently watched the movie about the Vietnamese guy. He kept finding babies on the side of the street. People were just throwing them away. They're totally helpless. So he built a box on the side of his house that if you didn't want your infant, you just stuck it in that box and he would take care of it. 
And he says, I don't know how many umbilical cords I've cut. You know, hundreds of babies that he, that he saved. Why did he have to save them? Well, because they're completely, totally helpless without somebody to raise them and to help them. And God has given us the assignment. The third reason God created marriage is so that we would train, nurture, and protect his kids He's given us the responsibility to not just have babies or make babies, but to actually nurture them, train them, protect them, raise them so that they can go forward. I've read there's 150 studies uh, that have been put out by the CDC and all these different uh, places about the effects of uh, moms and dads raising kids versus kids being raised in an institution or kids being raised in single parent homes kids that have both parents studies have shown they have increased risk that they're if they don't have both parents that they'll fail in school that they're more likely to not graduate from college kids without two parents are more likely to be involved in substance alcohol abuse they're more likely to experience distress depression the risk of suicide they're more likely to do jail time they're more likely to live their entire lives in poverty they're more likely to increase the risk that they themselves that they will end up being divorced or bear children out of wedlock this is not my finding this is Center for Disease Control over and over and over and over and over they've discovered God's way His original plan is the best way listen if you're a single parent not, we're not saying you can't do it listen I've got single parents my family do great jobs wonderful jobs we're talking about why did God create marriage not your current situation or where we're at in 2015. We're saying the reason God created marriage is to train his and raise his own kids. The, the, the fourth reason why God created marriage is for the perfection of our character. God puts us in a marriage because that's the number one way if you're married that you're going to become in the likeness of God and the likeness of Jesus. I have an uncle named Uncle Ralph. Yeah, Uncle Ralph. And uh, Uncle Ralph, he runs a refinery. And I love going. I go visit his refinery. And uh, they take sand and they make molds. And they heat all of this metal. And each, whatever he's casting, he puts certain ingredients in that furnace. Like he says, well, well, we're making a, a a tire that goes on a train. Not really a tire. And he says it needs this amount of nickel, this amount of, of, of tin, this amount of iron. And we're going to put all these ingredients in this furnace and we're going to cook this stuff. And, and as he's cooking it, the, the, the impurities rise to the top and it's called slag. And you see it bubbling. You have to wear these glasses that you can't even see in. But once you're looking at the molten lava, you know, the molten metal, these glasses keep you from burning your eyeballs out. I mean, I'm glad for the glasses. He's like, don't take your glasses off. It'll burn your eyeballs. Okay. (laughs) Point taken. But they're pouring this metal that has certain ingredients and impurities rise to the top. And then they rake these impurities off. And God puts you in a marriage, not so you can be happy, but so you can be holy. God puts you in a furnace, a refinery that's called marriage. Most of the time in marriage, we're trying to change the other person, right? I'm trying to get you to be more on time, dear. She's not in here. 
right? I'm trying to get her and she's trying to get me. But God puts you in committed covenant lifelong relationships that many times we walk away from because when the heat rises, but God's trying to put some things in you. He's trying to form the character of Christ in you. And if you're married, the number one way he does that is in your marriage. Why? Because whenever you go to work or whenever you come to church, everybody puts a smile on their face. Hi, Mike. How you doing? It's good to see you. God bless you, brother. Hey, how are y'all doing? Oh, it's good to see you. Hey, it's a beautiful weather outside. And we get all nice and cheery because we don't have a committed covenant, real deal relationship with them. So he puts us in these real deal covenant death do us part relationships so that he can add certain things into our furnace. What's he adding? Well, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love endures long. Love has patience with imperfect people. And, and, and he's trying to get you to be in the likeness of the character of Christ. But how many of y'all know it's a furnace? How many of y'all know it's hot? Things bubbling. I'm about to bubble over all over you, woman. Right? I'm about to come unglued up in here. For, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's easy for us to get out of the furnace. But, but God, he puts you in there. He puts you in there. He designed it. He designed it that way. Because if all you have is other types of relationships, they're just surface relationships, and you never are purged of selfishness. And you live your life selfish. Listen, babies come out selfish. Why? 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 My toy. I bite you. Nobody, nobody taught a baby that. They came out that way. But once they're put into a relationship where they stand before God and they commit to each other and the furnace gets turned up and he's trying to put into you the Spirit of God. And Galatians 5.22 says, And now this is the Spirit of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Nine gifts of the Spirit God is adding to your furnace. And the way that he adds them is in marriage. The only way you're going to learn how to really love, really be patient, really have self-control and not chase uh, 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 every pretty lady that comes in the door, right? Or every, every, every bohunk. That's an old 80s term. He's a bohunk. The way that God teaches you self-control. Because listen, if you read 10 reasons why you shouldn't get married, it's because you don't have to exercise any self-control, baby. You see her at the gym, go home. He's bulging muscles. Arr, take him to the house. Right, but there ain't no self-control in, in, in that. Why? God puts you in a furnace, right? He's trying to put the, the characteristics of Christ in you. And that's the way he does it. I got to move on. Number five, uh, I, got, I got to read some of these. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1, throw them up real quick. It's selfish and stupid to think only of yourself. Marriage is a lifelong cor course in learning how to be unselfish. If you're married, it's the number one tool God will use to teach you and train you. The purpose of marriage is not to make you happy. It's to make you holy. Most people think I didn't have any problems till I got married. Or people say, if I got married, I wouldn't have any problems. Marriage doesn't create problems. Marriage doesn't solve problems. Marriage reveals problems. And the problems it reveals is in you. 
Everybody comes in my office wanting counseling to change the other person. God didn't put you in there to change them. God put you in that situation to purge yourself, cleanse yourself, to have your impurities rise from the top and the slack raked off so that whenever you stand before God, he says, you'll be tried by fire and you'll be as gold. And everything else will burn like hay and stubble. The fifth reason is for the construction of society. Every society on this planet that has anything, any worth about them, the strength of their society is hidden in the strength of their marriages. In our society right now, we're further than we've ever been. And in my opinion, we're further away from God than we've ever been. Because... God uses marriages to build societies. Histories show that when marriages are strong, a, a nation is strong. And the more marriages are devalued, the more a nation will decline. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness lifts up a nation, but sin brings disgrace to any society. What's the disgrace? Well, I read you 20 reasons from two different paradigms of people that say this is why you shouldn't get married and it's disgraceful i encourage you if you have teenagers and and young people the reason i give you this information and i could just give you good nuts and bolts on you know communicate and we'll get into some of that but but i want you whenever you leave this place and people at the water cooler or at your at the cafeteria they're running down marriages and they're saying all the reasons why they shouldn't for you in a in a uh, intellectual and a uh, a place of knowledge not like picket no i want you to be able to say have you ever considered that marriage is this and this. Have you ever considered what it would be like without this and with that? And that you can infect, that you can affect and bring change and help people maybe realize that maybe there is more to it than just it being a piece of paper. To you, it's paper. To God, it's written in blood. Number six. The reason why God created marriage is it's a reflection of our union with Christ. This is the most profound and I could take a whole hour doing this, but I don't have time. I'm out of time. The, the sixth reason why God created marriage is he says a husband and a wife, they, they, they're intimate together. They communicate together. They complement each other. Good times, bad. Highs, lows. There's adventure. There's fun. They come together. And whenever the world looks at a Christian marriage, it's supposed to reflect Jesus and the church, his bride. Sad part is, most of the time, whenever the world looks at Christian marriages, they don't see that. And that's why it puts a bad taste in people's mouth and says, why is it even necessary? It's not any better over there than it is at my house. But God's original design is he used it as an object lesson. It says, whenever people look at this union, it should reflect the church. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 29. It says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He died so that he could give the church to himself as a bride in her beauty. In the same way husbands should love their wives as they love their own bodies. No one ever hates his own body but feeds it. Takes care of it. And that is what Christ does for the church. His body. The scripture says a man is united with his wife and the two become one body. This is a profound mystery but I'm telling you about Christ and the church. So each husband must love his wife as he loves himself. And each wife must respect 
her husband. The church is supposed to, our, our marriage with Jesus is supposed to reflect our relationship to God. We are the body of Christ. The last thing I'll say is this is the strongest reason why, all, why marriage matters. The reason why we're talking about this today. Marriage matters. It cannot be redefined. It must be protected at all costs. We live in a culture that's forgotten why marriage matters. Now people, listen, I have people in my own family, close family members, they come to me and they say, hey, we're getting married, but, but if it don't work out, we'll just get divorced. And I'm thinking, well, my God, that's inevitable. Because the, the, the pardon my French, the crap's going to hit the fan, baby. Give it six months, give it a year, give it five years. It's going to hit the fan and go everywhere. And, and, and it's just not going, it's not going to, it's not going to work. We, we've made it too easy sometimes. But, but God, he, he instituted it. The last thing it says that Jesus said there'll be no marriage in heaven. Did you know that? There won't be any marriage in heaven. Why? Well, because these six things won't be needed. Your character will already be perfect. You won't need to reflect the image of Christ because you'll be there with Christ all six of these, he says, that they won't be necessary. But he's given us this institution now to get us ready for heaven. And listen, if you're single, listen, all I'm asking you to do is honor marriage and keep looking. Unless you have the gift of singleness. If you're just like, no thanks. But, but if you're wanting that, listen, oh, I wish I could get into it. Before, before Adam had Eve, he was single. And it was just him and God. Him and God and his job. And if you're single, I'm sure you felt like that a bunch. You're like, it's me and Jesus and my job. That's all I got. And my 19 cats. <laughs> Thank God for my 19 cats. They are really completing me. Come here, snowflake. Uh, listen, before Adam had Eve, God put him in that garden. He says, you got a job to do. You got some stuff to do. The Bible says he walked with Adam in the cool of the day. God and Adam, they talk out and they hung out. But there came a point where God said, eh, it's not good for, for he, can't, he can't quite get accomplished. Can't, so I'm going to send a helper, a companion for him. So if that's you, if it's just you, Jesus, your cats, and your job, listen, I believe Adam was there with you. And uh, I believe God's got uh, somebody for you. I would, I, listen, I'd be aggressive. Can I just close with this? I, oh, I can't say this. I'm not going to do it. Listen I, would, I, listen, I wouldn't be shy. Can I say that, Christian? If I was, I can say whatever I want. I've got the microphone. <laughs> if I was on the hunt, baby, I'd be hunting. I'll just leave it at that. Can I say, right? I mean, I, some people, listen, the reason I say this, I have some people that they're just waiting on Jesus to send somebody. Listen, you go, I ain't waiting, Jesus. I'm going to give you somebody to, I'm going to bring these nine people before your faces. <laughs> Jesus, I got it narrowed down to these nine profiles. I'm doing, I'm putting my hand to the plow, Jesus, and I particularly like this one. I'm going to give you something to pray about instead of just waiting for, for heaven and not me. I'd be at every singles conference. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, it's good to meet you. Listen, my name right here. I went ahead and put my phone number under my name. You just go ahead. Just, just go ahead and hit me up right here. <laughs> That, that's, that's just me I, I'm sorry you know I, some people I think they, they wait too much man I, whatever praise the Lord that's a good time to have altar call good time to pray right there hey we'll get into some of the nuts and bolts and stuff these next few weeks about marriage but I wanted I wanted to defend it 
And I want to tell you what it is and why it's there. And if you're a young person that's searching the web and, and you've, you've, uh, you've experienced certain things and you say, I don't, I don't think that, that it's valid. I'm telling you it's valid. He created, it's the first thing he created and he created imperfection. And we've gotten away from it and that don't mean it's right. That he is, he's the way to go. And uh, he, he's good and wonderful. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the institution of marriage. I pray for every single person that's here, every, every married, every divorce, wherever they're at. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've given us the ability to forget those things which are behind and to press and reach for what lies ahead. And that whatever's happened in our past is under the blood of Jesus. Everything that, that, that has happened uh, before Christ is before Christ. So we put ourselves under the blood of Jesus. Every divorce divorce or broken home every abortion things that were done is under the blood of Jesus but we confess that we press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God that from this point on in our relationships we want the high calling of God we don't want to settle for second best thank you Lord Jesus for your instruction and your wisdom this morning